0: we're back i believe this is episode 10 of behind the net podcast i'm your host michael and join beside me as always matthew and we've got uh let's just say this is going to be a pretty somber episode because Mm uh unless you've been living under rock you know that uh los angeles lakers legend kobe Bryant was tragically taken away from us uh this past weekend uh i mean First of all it's it's I'm still coming to grips with the, the reality of the news not only of his death but of his of his daughter uh Gigi Bryant mm-hmm. and also the other people that uh his lives were ultimately taken in that horrific accident uh I think we'll start with um where were you when you learned of the news
1: I mean mine was pretty crazy um I mean first of course what happened exactly was uh Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi, um and um i'll get the list of the victims names uh but they were on their way to Gigi's basketball game uh um at the mamba academy his basketball academy um and uh he takes kobe's known for taking uh helicopters you know to the arena back to get around la Mm -hmm. um he say it saved him Um, It saved him time so that he can, you know, have that extra, however long it is to beat the LA traffic so he can practice more and then be at home with his family more. Um, So they were taking the helicopter to the game and then it unfortunately crashed and uh, there were no survivors. So nine people unfortunately passed away. Before we continue,
0: yeah. Before we continue, we mm-hmm. just want to send our condolences to the Bryant family and, and and the other the families,
1: yeah, of the victims.
0: And, and their names are slipping in my mind, and mm-hmm. that's so. My uh, bad, but before yeah.
1: before we start, I, I just want to say, so the victims, um, Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, Gianna Bryant, um, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, and Alyssa Altabelli, Um. I'm just getting the names here. Christina Mo- Mo- Moser. And uh, again, sorry if I butcher the names. And then Ara uh, Zaboyan. And uh, Sarah Chester and Peyton Chester.
0: Those are all the nine victims. So to again, to all nine victims of this horrific crash, uh, just we want to send out our condolences uh, to the families. I, I'm, I'm sure it's a very tough time. Can we can't imagine what it is you're going through. and We hope uh, you're you get all the love and support you you can to get through this uh, really difficult uh, period. Of, of time. course.
1: Um, so going back to uh, I guess where was I? Um, I was actually heading home. I was I just got in my car. Um, we turn on the radio, um, and uh, you know the news just starts playing, and then I guess I it was perfect timing. I just got in the car. I guess when the news just broke out because suddenly you know on 680 news when you get the breaking news that sound uh they have their little jingle for breaking news and uh you know it's it's weird uh and what's weird is i was actually watching kobe bryant highlights the morning of i don't know why um i don't know why like i was just bored and i was just watching you know highlights and things like that, and it led me to Kobe Bryant. I was just watching a whole bunch of his highlights, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah. So back to the breaking news alert, and then they say you know breaking news, um, former um, NBA player, and like I knew a death when they say that when they say you know breaking news, and then someone's name falls usually like either an accident or a death or something. But I was expecting you know like an old player, someone who's played maybe. You know, well beyond the, the times of like, you know, maybe 60s mm-hmm. or something. And, you know, you kind of you don't expect it. But, you know, it's kind of around that they're of older age. Um, so it's not that surprising. Um, mm-hmm. But then they said um, Kobe Bryant has uh, passed away or has died. Uh, TMZ reports. I think I think what they said was, yeah, was News. TMZ. Former NBA player Kobe Bryant has died in Los Angeles a uh, TMZ reports mm-hmm. and I was like I was just so taken back by it like immediately like so taken back by it, like I was like what like because mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant like he's only 41 and everyone like what could cause that like I my, the first thing I just thought of was like how like this this can't be real like it sounds like a made-up scenario you know yeah they say in a helicopter crash, and it was it just sounded like a made-up scenario for and sure then, yeah um and then that's how I found out. I go, out, I literally go on Twitter right away, as probably everyone does when they f- hear about some news to, you know, double-check if it's real. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wasn't trending yet, so I, that's why, I mean, I'm guessing it was right when it happened. Typing right. Kobe Bryant, I see TMZ tweeted it. Literally, I think it was, like, six minutes ago or something. Um, and then, yeah, I texted my friends. Uh, I called my mom, and, like, uh, it's big news, of course. Uh, mm mm-hmm and then even my friends were like what they were, I was like I, I literally just said I was like bruh, Kobe died dot 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 or something right mm-hmm. and then my friend who's like a huge Kobe fan is just like what and then, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like it's it's legit like TMZ's reporting it
0: that was crazy yeah i, I found it out kind of a similar way i i had just written an article <clears throat> for Adrian Leaf and I was just taking a break on the couch just scrolling through Twitter and then I get a message from a group chat that I'm in and it said what the hell Kobe Bryant died and I was like wait what so I, I take a look I see the message it's like there's no way this is this can't be real TMZ is reporting it this has to be a mistake so then I'm looking at it on Twitter and as, as one would normally do when they find out big news trying to see what's going on and it doesn't really uh it doesn't really sink in at that, that point but then when you see the adrian Wojnarowski tweet that when he dropped that the was bomb, the confirmation when the, when that tweet came in like that's when it really started to hit that oh my god this is real like this isn't this is actually happening what's going on mm-hmm. it was i was taken aback it's just like i've I never really was a big basketball fan growing up i will admit that right right away but um like yeah, I Kobe Bryant was one of my favorite basketball players growing up. Like him, Steve Nash, Vince Carter, and Chris Bosh. Maybe LeBron James to some extent, but like yeah, he was like one of my favorites. And it's you don't think he's gonna be taken from us this this soon. And it completely shook shook me to my core, and I almost cried. Man, I'm I'm not the kind of person that I usually gets emotional for things like this, especially for celebrity deaths. But I can't remember a time that a celebrity death affected me this much since Michael Jackson passed away. And that was over 10 years ago, which is crazy to think about.
1: Of course. And, yeah, I think it is that. And, um, you know, I don't think there's been a bigger death since that. Maybe Prince, you know, on those levels. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's just crazy. And, like, I don't know. My first thoughts were obviously, like, how? Like, how did this happen? A lot of people were like, is this even legit? Because TMZ reported, but TMZ is actually legit. They they, they actually um do break, breaking news first. Mm-hmm. And for the most part they actually all they're always credible. Yeah. Um so when I saw that I'm pretty sure it was true. They wouldn't they wouldn't just put it out there without um confirmation. And then um I was just like, How did this happen? And of course later on in the day we kinda found out that uh it was worse than we initially expected too, because one, there were other victims in there and uh, everyone was wondering, you know, was he with his family? Why was he in a helicopter? Right. Was mm-hmm. he with his family? Was like some outing they went on as a family or something. Right. Yeah. Um, when they, cause they, they said five victims and you think about his family, it could be him and his mm-hmm. children, right. Or him and his wife and maybe a couple of the kids or something. Right.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of misinformation since you're mentioning mm-hmm. that. Cause I remember, uh, one outlet was saying, uh, all four, of, I think it was TMZ that said all four of his daughters, mm-hmm. he survived by his four daughters. Then then there's like an ABC a local news station that, that said all four daughters that, died.
1: Yeah. And I just remember like what what sucked about that was with all the misreporting. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, did that happen? And then you'd be like, oh, good thing it didn't happen, right? It'd be confirmed that it didn't happen. And then people would be worried again. And then it it'll just die down once it's confirmed mm-hmm. not to be true. But then when TMZ again... They're credible. When TMZ reported at first uh, that his daughter, uh, Gigi, was uh, in the crash, mm-hmm. then it really hit. Like, you knew that was true. That one was true. That really hit hard, and, yeah. And uh, that one was like, oh, man. Everything
0: just got even worse. It's Just, like, from finding out that Kobe died to finding out that his daughter, his Gigi, was on that helicopter crash, then to finding out that it, the Vic, number of victims was from 5 to 9. It's just— mm-hmm. and it, it, it
1: kept getting worse that, and worse. Yeah, it kept getting worse and worse. It, it was— they said it was five for a while, and then closer to the evening, they changed it to nine. I think when the uh, L.A. Fire Department did their press conference, they said it was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, let's talk a bit about Kobe and what he's done for the game. I mean, I loved basketball growing up uh, for a long time, but uh, I'm a Raptors fan always, uh, <laughs> and I, I don't even now. I'm not a Lakers fan. Never was a Lakers fan, but I always respected Kobe, loved Kobe because he was insane. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, like, you don't have to like their team. Like, I love LeBron James. I don't like his teams. I I don't like the Lakers or the Cavs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But, hey, like, he's an insanely good athlete. Kobe Bryant is an insanely good athlete. Um, He was, honestly, like, at the time, it's weird because uh, he's always – he's had to play against prime – like, he's had to play against – MJ, he's had to play against Prime, LeBron, and there's probably only been a, f- a few years where he really got only, you know, in between MJ and LeBron where you could say Kobe was the best player mm-hmm. in the NBA. Um, and uh, I think obviously if, the, if there was a bigger gap, he would arguably have been, the, you know, the, the best player in the NBA. That's debatable, but we don't even need to debate that anyways. Uh, but Yeah, that debate is pretty much over. It's It's over, but I was I'm essentially trying to get to the point that he is one of the the greatest of all time Um, I don't know where you rank him but uh, he is one of the greatest and I'd say Definitely top two most popular players of all time If if you say Michael Jordan is the most popular yeah But I'd say maybe Kobe second for sure most popular player the impact he had on uh, Just people you know fans diehard fans casual fans and just onlookers of basketball
0: I think he's definitely top five all time. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you'd put him on the list. Uh, I think it'd be hard not to put Michael Je- Michael, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan in number one, but I think he could at least go number two, number three, number four. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's well deserved. Like he had an amazing career, not only on the court, like just the uh, amount of success that he had, uh, amount of things that he did, um, success accolades. Is what I mean by that, um, I think he won an MVP once, two yeah. Finals MVP. Mm-hmm almost 20 appearances in the all-star 18, game. 18 all-star games, Which game is insane. A few uh, first-team all-NBAs, first all-team defense. And I think
1: one thing that's overlooked nowadays is that he played his entire career with just the Lakers.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were rumors uh, going
1: around, you know, when he, he did admit that he wanted to, you know, kind of see if he could uh, leave the Lakers, maybe go to Chicago at one point. But he stayed with the Lakers. And um, that's, uh, that's really a really big thing because... I mean, who else d- did that? Like out of the greats, I mean, obviously like Tim Duncan. I mean, we can go back, Ma- Magic Johnson, things like that. Bill but Russell. Bill Russell, but
0: and uh, the other ones of this Larry era Bird. of oh. this era
1: of this era of this era where kind of when you headed from the nineties and the two thousands, people started that idea of you know switching teams kind of opened up, and now it, I mean it's a big thing. But LeBron changed teams. Michael Jordan, I would still count him as one team only, but you know he technically played for the Wizards after. Yeah. But sense he says um, he still
0: did. I think it would have been DeMar DeRozan had he not been traded for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I think he was definitely heading down that path of staying with the Raptors his entire career.
1: But, yeah, I mean, don't forget that. Like, Kobe was loyal. He was uh, he was just insanely good. Really respected by everyone. Um, he did play that kind of villain role for a while, but he embraced it. And mm-hmm. I think that
0: made him cool.
1: I think everyone thought that was even cooler. Yeah. Um, he was just, he was insane.
0: Oh, How would you, that since we're talking about Kobe's on-court greatness, uh, I think my question, and I think for everybody right now, it's like, how would you define Kobe's legacy? Not only just uh, in the NBA, but just in general, because there are some people that have some less than positive things to say, and I mean by that the uh, sexual assault case. Mm-hmm. And as, as pen much as it's like, why are you mentioning this now? Like, it's still much, very much part of his story. Yeah, and you can't
1: you can't forget to mention that part of his life of course um you know uh that's always going to be a part of of his life his career but uh as far as on court his on court legacy um which I'll focus on here um because of course i think uh that that the whole you should you should never forget about that part of uh what what went down with his uh sexual assault charge yeah and uh of course uh you know got uh sympathy for the victims involved and uh for the entire situation but as uh as far as his on court legacy is Mm -hmm. i I just think think it's unforgettable and i think it really transcended his popularity and i was talking about the second i think most second most popular player of all time Mm -hmm. you know in asia you know how crazy they are for kobe like china yeah he's Arguably the what gotten so many people into basketball in Asia like like even I'd say even more than Yao Ming like they they love Kobe there and that just shows he was a global icon and uh, and again his work ethic I think he was really defined by his work ethic I think everyone knows the Mamba mentality but it really was the mentality that he really pushed people a lot of people thought it was he was like crazy for that mm-hmm. it was a crazy mentality. There was even a post that went around like a few months ago about how with his daughter's team, Gigi's team, um, apparently like one of the one of her teammates or on the team because he coaches the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, she like it was uh, one of the playoff games and she apparently uh, she apparently had to go. She didn't play because she had to go to a dance recital or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember this. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like, he basically questioned her, her seriousness to the game. I mean, he meant it in a positive way, but a lot of people are like, dang, like, Kobe, you're that crazy about um, yeah. oh, your man. loyalty, like a, like an 11-year-old's loyalty to the game. <laughs> <laughs> but no, oh, I mean, man. it just that just speaks about his, uh, I guess, how serious he is in general. The mm. game or anything else he did, he won an Oscar um, after he retired, just about anything he did, you know. He's, I think that work ethic really transcends
0: sports and made him an inspiration to a lot of people. Yeah, I, th- I think just to add on to that, I think his willing, his drive to win, uh, his uh, his encore battles, and just um, his versatility, and there's just so many words I can try and come up with that to, can describe how I'll remember Kobe as a player, because when he was in his prime, he was almost unstoppable. Like, it was absolutely... Mm-hmm. Imp- it was a, a, cho- a nightmare for opposing teams to try and contain him to the best of their abilities, and most often they didn't. Like, you remember those stretches during 2005, 06, and 07 where he was basically the Lakers offense. the Lakers. Yeah, like of scoring. Of course, and that was
1: right when, you know, Shaq left. In mm-hmm. those years after Shaq left, um, they obviously had to pick themselves up, and that, those were the years where Kobe kind of uh, debated leaving the Lakers. Um, thank goodness he didn't. Because Mm -hmm. we know what happened after, you know, he won another two. Um, But that just really showed how, you know, how great he is.
0: And uh, yeah, just I think his humility, uh, his kind, his overall kindness, um, and just his imperfections. Because like, I think even he would admit that he's not a perfect human being. Because like that, that part of his life, like I said, from earlier, the sexual assault case, is just going to be a much part of his legacy. And uh, I mean, now we can't really, he can't really defend himself because he's no longer here to talk about it. Mm-hmm. but like i think part i think part of that really really gave him perspective on life and i could really, you could really tell at least from afar that he was trying to change things for the better i don't know how much of a successful how much success mm-hmm. he was able to do that but and if that's going to be enough to get make people forgive him but at the end of the day i think he really did care about his family and the fact that he really wanted Gigi, like, want to help Gigi become a basketball great in her own right, and possibly make it to the WNBA, and, uh, and her whole hometown was to go to UConn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll never know for sure, like what he uh, was going to do in they, the second half they of made his
1: a, life. A, did you see they made a jersey for her and put it on the bench?
0: Yeah, I saw that. That was a really heart. That was really nice. That was nice. That was a nice gesture.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, I I love the. I think it was uh, on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. I don't remember. I mixed those two up, but he was on there talking about how uh, you know uh, a lot of people want like we're like, oh, Kobe needs a, a son, right, to carry on the legacy, and then, and then. But he said, you know, Gigi's the one that basically the basketball player. He doesn't need a son when he has daughters
0: who can ball. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if that part of that was because of that. that's that incident in 2003, and we'll never know for sure. But like I said, I think you could tell that he really cared about his family and I think he really wanted to uh, take on that role like he was really willing to op- take it with open arms. and you can just tell just how how much he really cared for for uh, his children and mm-hmm. uh, his wife. like that I think that's something that's really inspiring and it's, it's just unfortunate that we're not going to be able to see him. Give his Hall of Fame speech. It's unfortunate we're not going to see him cheering on Giannis on the side, or seeing mm-hmm. LeBron's last game in the NBA, or he was heck, really make...
1: involved with a lot of the current players too. Yeah, I mean, did you uh, see
0: the quote from Pascal saying how he was going to meet uh, Kobe, he was going to meet mm-hmm. Kobe this uh, summer?
1: Yeah, he was really involved, obviously with DeMar, even uh, um, with uh, Luca, uh, uh, Kyrie. You heard that Kyrie basically just walked out of the arena and didn't play that night. Mm-hmm. And they said it was for personal reasons, but yeah, obviously he was heartbroken. I, I, I heard that when they, they were, they were so close. Like he was like his mentor, um, when Kyrie won the championship in 2016 and Kobe said this, uh, this story, he was with Gigi and, um, Kyrie FaceTimed him. I'm I'm assuming probably one of the first people he FaceTimed and, uh, he said something like, Oh, what you taught me worked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's, it's actually funny you mentioned, Kyrie, because that brings me up to a question that people have been asking, uh, well, not well, on Sunday, but also just in general, because when the news dropped, it was just before a bunch of games were supposed to be played, and when the games were just about to start, you could tell the players were extremely emotional, like it was oh, really for hard sure, for them yeah. to get focused on the game, and so like, the question I guess everybody was asking was, should the NBA have canceled the games on Sunday? And I think that's something I want to bring up to you. Um, You know, I would say they should have, but 100%
1: they couldn't have. It's far too late. Um, like, let's just take the Raptors and Spurs game, for example. <laughs> when it broke, like, the fans were already in their seats or at the arena. Mm-hmm. The players were already at the arena. Um, everything was already ready, you know? You can't tell fans, oh, hey, it's canceled, whatever, whatever you drove down here or some fans flew all the way over here to watch the game and it's cancelled, you know mm-hmm. you just can't um, but yeah, it was tough it was tough seeing the players, you know, get the news and then have to play right after that and obviously it was tough for the players to actually have to do that mm-hmm. um, I love the tributes that, that went around, the 24 second violations and the 8 second violations and, you know, wearing, you know, Trey Young wearing the 8 jersey and, you know mm-hmm. Joel Embiid yesterday wearing the um if oh for the record this is we're, we are recording this right now on wednesday mm-hmm. january the uh 29th um so yeah as i was saying uh yesterday well uh, in the sixers game joel Embiid wore mm-hmm. number 24 for the whole game i think he actually scored 24 points if i'm correct so uh, it's just those nice little tributes but um yeah they just i i think they should have but yeah i just they couldn't i don't think it was possible to mm-hmm. like logically when you think about everything that has to go on mm-hmm. behind the scenes to one organize games and then two obviously cancel games mm-hmm. it's just not enough time
0: i actually have a little bit of a different perspective on this to me they shouldn't they shouldn't have canceled the games which they did but i think they, the, they shouldn't have they, they 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 did the right thing by not canceling the games but oh, here's okay. but here's why i think that because instead of canceling the games you should have given the players the option. Like, listen, I know this news just dropped, and I know a lot of you are, knew him or just uh, were had had an he had an impact on your lives. So if you don't feel comfortable playing today, just it's okay. I we understand. I don't know about like, like I, I get that, but
1: it, I feel like a lot of them are just gonna opt out.
0: Well, some of them want to play. Honestly,
1: no, like a lot of them will honestly drop down, uh, opt out. Not not like oh, I just don't want to play. No, I feel like I feel like Kobe impacted so many of them. That it's gonna be like majority of the team,
0: I, I, that but that's but but what I mean by that is like if because if the players like listen, I know I'm like emotionally distraught right now, but I think Kobe would have wanted me to play tonight. I'll play for him, like kind of thing, but like when it's like that day, like the Sunday, like it's just hard to really, like you can't cancel the game. It's just really hard to do. And, Force. like, I think you should have given, they should have given the players that option. It's not like they're forced against their will to play in that game. Because, like, I think when you're forced to do something, we're not even in the right emotional state and mental state just because you're trying to come to grips with the, the reality of the situation and just for some of them losing, losing a friend. Like, it's just no wonder they're, they're just so emotionally mm-hmm. distraught. I think if the coach is, like, 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 for example, during the Raptors, like not the Raptors-Spurs game because that was too soon, but let's say, like, a little bit later on. Like Kyrie l- left the the arena because he was just too. Uh, he was just like, listen, I can't play. I think you should just, just like leave that door open. Like don't just like say to them, hey, if you don't want to play, you don't want to play. I'm just gonna retract my statement a little bit. But like if the player s- doesn't feel comfortable playing, he should let the coach know. And I think that that's ultimately what you can do because it's just so hard to reschedule games. Mm-hmm. And for sure, there's a reason. And I think b- just because of that, and saying that. There's a reason why the Lakers and Clippers can't, like, postpone their game. It makes like, sense for them as well because I think
1: it's more, you know, it's it's a coincidence that it happened to be Lakers and Clippers as the next game too. Mm-hmm. Because at least you have both the teams um, in one game, both L.A. teams, and L.A. is the city that's really mourning hard right now. So they need that time to, you know, to, uh, they need that time, that space to mourn. And it's, it's it's I guess it's good that you only have to postpone one game, and, yeah, and kind of hit both teams in that city.
0: Yeah, and I think when that game does happen, you're gonna it's gonna be a very emotional night. Just not just because of LeBron, who had passed Kobe in all time points, all time points leaderboard, but also Kawhi Leonard had a, a connection with Kobe. Mm-hmm. Like he trained with him a few summers, and if you remember seeing that interview after the game against the Magic, like he was teary-eyed, and Kawhi is not one to. Uh, shows emotions mm-hmm. very often. We already know it's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fun guy. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's uh he's not one to let out his cards. So when he does show even the slightest bit of emotion, and in this case it was being teary eyed, it's that really hits you. It it really does put into perspective just how much of an impact mm-hmm. Kobe had on a lot of people's lives and that even somebody who doesn't get emotional very often. Can uh, start to show signs of cracking, and um,
1: I mean, while we're talking about LeBron passing Kobe, you know, I think uh, I think it, we I said it before, but any debate between the who's the goat, the goat rankings or whatnot, any of those those debates, I think we should just stop now because you know what Kobe's final tweet, I guess final message there was, um, I'll pull it up, but it was uh, I mean. I'll pull it up so we have the exact quote. Uh, if I'm by, not sure, he was just congratulating LeBron. It was LeBron. congratulating LeBron on uh, moving the game forward, you know? Yeah. um, On passing him in the... Here, I want to read it out. It says, Continuing to move the game forward at King James. Much respect, my brother. And uh, it just shows the mutual respect, even though, you know, they've had a lot of... um, You know, uh, they've, they've went head-to-head a lot. um, They've... uh. And teammates and they've been all against each other on the court too uh, I don't think LeBron and,
0: and Kobe were teammates oh are you team USA that's what I mean yeah
1: they've because uh, I, you know, I remember there was another video that went around I think it was during the Olympics where um, LeBron's uh, singing happy birthday to, to Kobe um, I think during the Olympics uh, I believe it was it was def- definitely a team USA thing right. but yeah they were teammates then and that's uh, where they got a lot of the bonding I, I believe um, but, um, yeah, they just have mutual respect. And I think we need to see that no, no more of like, hey, LeBron's better than Kobe or Kobe's better than LeBron. Mm-hmm. Because they just respect, despite all the, you know, the narratives and the, and the going head to head and things like that, they respect each other. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and that's got to hurt because Kobe uh, was congratulating LeBron. LeBron, you know, he did the fantastic feat. And then the next day, you know, everything changes. That yeah. whole like news, the whole news cycle that just was all about Kobe respecting LeBron just changed to LeBron having to mourn
0: Kobe. I totally agree with you. I think even before Sunday's news of his death, I think in general to the both play both players, but even Michael Jordan to an extent, and you could also add Kareem, uh, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain. The list goes on and on. They're all great in their own right. And not only were they great in their own right, they were great during their respective eras. It's just so hard to compare two different players from like, the 2000s to, let's say, the 1980s. Because the 1980s basketball is different from mm. early 2000s basketball. And same thing with now to the early 2010s. And like I said, it's tough for Kobe
1: because he was kind of smack sandwiched in the middle of Michael Jordan and LeBron eras. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan ruled the 90s and then his tail and then kobe started and he was kind of sandwiched with the tail end of uh michael jordan's career Mm -hmm. he gets a few years (laughs) you know for his own time and then lebron's in the league in 2003 and then that's people can't really and then that's he's always in the middle of a debate you know is he but is he better than mj right now while they were both in the league together Mm -hmm. and then lebron comes and is he better than LeBron? Well, there. Who's who's the best in the league? Is it LeBron or Kobe? Is it I don't think it matters. And then,
0: yeah, it's really just this debate could have gone on for years and years. But I think now that we like, I mean, obviously this. The po-
1: yeah, the point is they respect each other. They don't care about that.
0: And I think that that's what all fans should recognize. I think I recognize it from from before, like before Sunday's news, like. And I think uh, I think now that we saw like the what Kobe's last tweet ever was. And just the last conversation, one of the last conversations he had was talking to LeBron and the, La- the Lakers, just congratulating LeBron on his mm-hmm. achievement and like mm-hmm. what he's going to do next. And like they were just going to hopefully meet up. Uh,
1: I want to ask you, I guess, what was your favorite Kobe moment?
0: Man, there are so many moments that I could choose from, but I'm going to choose one that I actually have fond memories of. Um, his last game. last game. I remember 16. it very well. Like the the whole season there was build up to to that to that moment against the jazz and uh it was during a break between exams so was like i'm i was at my grandmother's house at the time so i was like okay this is this is a big deal i really want to watch this because i don't think we're ever going to see kobe play in the nba again like obviously because his career was about to end but like i want i really wanted to watch it because i wanted to see what he could do and it looked like it was just going to be a normal game like obviously Mm. congratulations celebrating the career of Kobe Bryant but then you see him piling up all the points uh early in the game getting some buckets uh three pointers he looked like the Kobe of old and 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 then in the fourth quarter like during that that few minutes run where like he completely took over and it's just like man I'm looking at prime Kobe again it's like he's back like he saved his best for the end and when he got to 60 points like oh my god this is unbelievable. No, you can't. No player could have come up with a better send off than he did. It was the perfect ending, and
1: I'm. I'm I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure he like, you know, he knew this is my last game. I'm just gonna go for it, <laughs> right? Of course. But uh, I remember, yeah, I remember watching that game, and um, uh, I was in high school. It was like near the end of the year. Um, I mean, not the end of the year in high school. What April is like, you know, the middle of that second semester. <laughs> um, but um i was about to graduate and uh, everyone watched that game that night Cut, and it was crazy because uh, yeah I, I i'll admit like i thought it was just gonna be like you know just a regular game He's just gonna be it's just a, it's more the, the the sentiment behind it was the most important thing performance wise i was just like it's gonna be just a regular game for kobe he's uh, obviously you know on his way out you know maybe he'll contribute a little but I didn't expect him to just go out and put it all out there and then score 60, another historic game. Like, that's crazy. I just remember going into school and everyone's hyped and my,
0: my boy is just yelling,
1: 60, Kobe, 60, like all day.
0: And, uh... I mean, if you yeah. think about it, Kobe hitting 60 in his last game, which seems like, yeah, it's just a regular game for me.
1: <laughs> Very true. Um And then, yeah, but, uh... That's a memorable moment. Mine would probably be the eighty-one points, just because. Of course. It was against Toronto, so like as a Raptors fan, we can never really live it down. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was crazy. It's a crazy feat. Like just he was just hitting all the shots, and like I was younger, and um, just seeing that, you know, and still nobody's 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 passed that since then. Um, How much did Devin Booker score like 70 70 something? That's the closest Someone's gotten to since then.
0: I mean we could possibly see it again like someone challenging it or even surpassing it. Yeah, but I mean As of now
1: nobody's even coming close really yeah, um, and because it was that insane and uh, he was just knocking down every shot and uh, You know you just see he was just climbing And when he got to, you know, 70 and then 80, and it was just, it It was was insane. insane. Yeah. I was obviously super young, uh, so I don't even, I can't even tell, like, how it was firsthand experience, but I watched those highlights a lot, because obviously it's a historical, historical, historical moment. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so memorable, I think, because that's arguably his most, uh, you know, his most memorable game, I suppose. It's a signature moment, I would say. Yeah. So I mean, there's that. Um, Or or like,
0: uh, if you're on talk about signature moments, like it'd be that the 60 point finale, his buzzer beater against uh, Phoenix, Uh, or the buck, the the alley oop to Shaq.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say the alley oop to Shaq, and I was gonna say even um, because we're here in Toronto, the uh, 2016 All Star game, which was his final All Star game in his final season, and Toronto was just so lucky to have it here. Um, that year and it was just a big thing because it was all about Kobe it was all about Kobe and and being here in Toronto and getting to kind of um, really tune into that all-star game the most out of any all-star game like you really felt every it was it wasn't even an all-star game it was about you know his best peers getting to um, kind of uh, celebrate him
0: yeah, that was probably the best All Star Game of all time. Not just simply because of Kobe. Like, I mean, obviously that played a big factor into what made it such a special event. I mean, you, you could obviously talk about the dunk contest. That was probably the, the probably the best dunk contest we've ever seen. And then all the other stuff that happened during that time. It's, I, I. I that's probably my favorite one. Like I said, I don't know if you feel the same way.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say the best. Like I, again, the two thousand dunk contest with Vince Carter. Well, of course, yeah. It'll was... Always go down, it's not just because we're Toronto fans, um, but I mean that that dunk contest was insane, and that'll always go down as one. But no, yeah, I think uh, everything how Toronto handled it, um, the significance, the amount, of, like the players that got voted in, like everyone who was playing in the All Star game were all stars, you know, yeah, like really good superstars, um, and it was just memorable, mm-hmm. largely a part of the 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 whole Kobe aspect, but um, yeah. I mean,
0: it's just—it's just so hard to process yeah. this still. I don't think we're going it's to be crazy. able to let this down for. a I—I
1: I think this will be like big news for, and
0: it, the year just started,
1: and I'm already saying it's probably going to be one of the top news stories of the whole year. I like think that it will relevancy be, yeah. will last all year, and it's crazy because this year just started. Yeah,
0: this—the 2020s have been off to a crazy start, and we're not even getting like. Not even, not even, this is in. just the tip of the iceberg. We—we—we mm. we, we don't haven't even mentioned like coronavirus and uh the death of david stern back in early in the early in the month or the australia wildfires That's, there's just so much happening and potentially we could be in world war three right now <laughs> i don't even want to get started on that yeah we don't <laughs> have to
1: uh uh we'll see what we'll see how 2020 is but i mean yeah i mean i guess we could end off this kobe part just by saying you know kobe you've uh meant a whole lot to the game you know thank you for changing the game. Thank you for every, all your contributions to the game.
0: Everyone thought you're going to be the next Michael Jordan. They were almost right. But you were the first Kobe Bryant, and I think that's an amazing legacy in and of itself. And thank you for making basketball interesting to watch, but also for thank you for making what what the game should be, and like what basketball players should be doing when they're on the court. Thank you for that.
1: Mm-hmm. And of course to Gigi as well, Gigi Bryant. She was well on her way to the WNBA, and I think we should never forget that you know she was a really elite basketball player, and uh, I think that's what she wanted to be known known for. You know,
0: I totally think she would have if she.
1: Uh, she wasn't just the daughter of Kobe Bryant. She was an insanely good basketball player
0: in her own right. Yeah, just like mm-hmm. the next, the next, uh, could the continuation of Kobe Bryant passed mm-hmm. down. Like I think we totally would have seen mm-hmm.
1: that. And once again, condolences to all the other victims. Uh, in the crash, their families. Um, yeah,
0: let's try and move on to some more positive stuff. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's, I mean, been, it's been a pretty somber episode well, so let's far. Let's keep
1: talking about basketball, though. Uh, I mean, the Raptors eight in a row now.
0: Yeah, I've been
1: really, it's really. Exciting. We we need to pick up the pace. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we we got we got to keep it going. Yeah. So I, uh, Raptors, yeah, the Raptors eight in a row. What do you think of that?
0: It's been a really impressive run. It's the good thing is is that. Until we know for sure what's going on with Gusol, the Raptors have been staying relatively healthy the last few games. It's a good sight to see, and we can see what this team could do in the playoffs. And we have to keep in mind, though, even though the Bucks are running away with the Eastern Conference at the moment, it's still completely wide open. Yeah, like again, it goes back to experience. I, a
1: lot of people just don't have that confidence in the Bucs in the playoffs come playoff time. Um, and that's why I think the Raptors really have a chance because, as we saw, the Raptors have championship experience now. Mm-hmm. Um, they know how to match up uh, against all these teams and they know what it takes to, you know, take the series. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors did beat the Bucks in the playoffs. We'll just have to see if, uh, you know, if the Bucs, you know, uh,
0: find it done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I will say this, though. The Eastern Conference, like I said, is wide open. And all the top six teams... We pose a legitimate threat to the Raptors besides like the Bucks. I we, feel like we talk about this like every week. Yeah, we do. But <laughs> we like, do. I th- I didn't it's realize I didn't realize this until today. But the Indiana Pacers, we know how they're like what sixth, fifth in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference right now. And what I didn't realize is that they've been doing this without Victor Oladipo. Yeah, and Oladipo is the the core of their team. Like, imagine what that Pacers team does when, Ol- when Oladipo comes oh, back. Oladipo's is insane. I think I think right now, in terms of threats, it's Bucks, Heat maybe 76ers but for sure pacers i'm a pacers ahead of 76ers is it just oh, me yeah. or
1: i'm not really worried about the 76ers too much the, the, the raptors have shown that they can eat them, eat we'll them up.
0: <laughs> yum yum um
1: but uh, <laughs> i want to ask you about marcus solo specifically with all these uh obviously injuries uh and uh you know we don't really know what's going on with that but um if he if it is another injury concern do you think uh do you think you'd still want to? Do you think you'd still want to keep him past the deadline, or is he Absolutely. someone you'd flip? Absolutely. Does, he, does, does the injury proneness change anything?
0: Not at all. Marcus Shaw has proven this year that his defensive value is still up there. And if there's one thing that takes doesn't go away so fast, it's your defensive abilities. Even though you might not be as fast as you once were in your youth, or you don't have the mobility or the agility to uh, keep up with the younger with the younger guys. Defense is, some, is is an invaluable trait. Not many players on the Raptors can say that they have the uh, same defensive abilities that Marcus Gasol has. And uh, when he's out of the lineup, that's a huge hole to fill. It's not as, like I mean, obviously, when Serge Ibaka goes down, that's a big hole. Fred VanVleet goes down, that's a big hole. Siakam, Lowry, you ke- I can keep going on with these names. But there's just something about Gasol's defensive impact that really com- changes the complexion of this team. And you saw how how much of a difference it made last year when they traded him versus when before he came to the came to the fold. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I think the injury problems suck. Like it's unfortunate that he's getting injured more this year than uh, he did last year. But it's just so hard to replace a guy like him. And unless you are for sure getting a player that has as good defensively as he is and of equal value, then it's just there's just no point in trading him at this point.
1: For sure. Um, I would keep him around too. It's just for me it does kind of change things. It it makes you a little more skeptical. I think um I think if anything it, it, I would keep him around this year but then um I don't know. I don't know where you go from there in the future, but I think it changes things as he is shoppable only because I think it raises concerns of course of his age and then now you see injuries injury risks start to pile up. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, do you really want that uh kind of insecurity on your team the risk of having him injured or do you want to cash in when you can
0: exactly yeah that's that's what i'm saying like the only reason the only way we would trade him and uh, this is during the offseason mind you yeah would be if you're you're for sure getting a player whose defensive value is equal to him and someone a little bit younger that you can build around for a long time. I, I know that that's that's like, that's like that's the that. absolute that's mm-hmm. the absolute scenario we do, And I know that's just not easy to I find. I mean, I don't know. I would take
1: again. I don't know. Mas- Masai does his magical trades, but um, if if the injury risk is high, and you kind of want to flip him, like hey, if you can get a prospect or, or picks and then flip that, maybe I don't know what the Raptors' plans are. If they want to compete or they want to where they want to stay before trying to go for it in 2021 mm-hmm. with uh, free agency, but yeah. I have and,
0: trust in Messiah. I'm sure he'll figure mm-hmm. something out.
1: Um, and then, uh, I mean, I, that's what I wanted to talk about with the Raptors, but I, we can move on to. I, I feel like it wasn't that big of a a week with the Raptors. Obviously, their
0: role in a game winning
1: streak win. But uh, ever since the Kobe news, you know, it feels like it feels like the results of basketball games aren't really as relevant yeah. right now.
0: I will say this though, just quickly mention the Raptors before I move on. Uh, that game against the Spurs, like I know the emotions of that game, like really overshadow everything that happened that day. But kudos for them for uh, pulling through in a game where yes, they were they started up in front, but they let the Spurs back into it. And the Spurs, like give them credit, they were a very resilient team. They they definitely. Make we'll, we'll make it make you work for it, and that's a, a big respect for big props to them for for sure, and the Raptors definitely deserve to win that game. They played well all throughout, and I didn't realize like it's crazy how they had it t- took so long for them to win a game there. But I know it doesn't really matter because, like you said, it basketball right now the scores don't really matter yeah, with think, all the with all the news. I think Popovich put it perfectly
1: after the Raptors and Spurs game on Sunday. I think he said like. uh... Uh, it was a tough loss, good game, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he said like, but who cares?
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you want to talk? Is there anything else you want to talk um, about basketball?
1: Yeah, the Pelicans. We always go back to the Pelicans, but
0: <laughs> I think we both were
1: pretty much spot on with our prediction for Zion's debut. Uh, almost and, eerily, <laughs> early spot on. And uh, well, I said like I think I said like twenty two. You said like twenty points, but I think you got rebounds, correct in assists. Yeah, you. Um, we were pretty close, but um. I mean, yeah, it was insane. What um, He scored, I think, 17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I remember watching it and, like, also looking on Twitter. Um, and people, you know, in the first half, people were like, this is what we were hyped for, you know? Zion's not really playing that great. And I was just like, eh, he's playing pretty good. But people online were, like, not really having it much. And then... Once the second half kind of once he broke through in the fourth quarter especially, um yeah. <laughs> the memes and everything was like, you know, Zion in the in the in the first half and then Zion in the second half.
0: is like crazy <laughs> different. He just went off like I'm crazy excited for him. I, I agree, man. Uh he's since he's made his NBA debut, he's been all he's been hyped up to be. Like he's made an immediate first impression right out of Did the game. Did you see that block where he Yeah where he Threw it all the way, like, into
1: the 10th row or something. That's
0: incredible. Uh, uh, just uh, I can't speak. It's an incredible display of strength and uh, power. Like, it's so hard to find a player like that. And, like, what is it, like his third game in the NBA? He's already just, like, confidently, whack, get that out of here. And he's been putting
1: up some points, too. Like, I think he, he put up uh, 21 against Boston. 15 uh the the night before that the, the game before that I think uh, against the nuggets and uh I think 14 against the Cavs. but uh no the debut is really what said a lot of, about him as a player I think at the end especially um he the, the trainers wanted him wanted to take him off right but he was telling the coach you know uh keep me in I can win this game for the team they, they ultimately took him off they didn't want to play in the hole end of the fourth till the end of the fourth but uh mm-hmm. i think it says a lot that he wants to be that player he wants to be
0: leading a team he has that drive i i said this last week and i'll say it again this week if he can stay healthy the pelicans have something special here mm-hmm. they have a, an amazing talent and more than
1: do you think potentially more than
0: what they had with anthony davis it's hard to say because it's just so early, but he's a definitely a special player. Like, cause the way he plays is totally different than what Anthony Davis plays. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'd say the Pelicans have a much better future than what they had when Anthony Davis first came. Oh into yeah, their pieces Ant- around him too. Yeah, like they, they they actually knew that this time, if we're going to actually build something, we have to figure out who our star is and have the pieces ready to build long to grow with, so that when when they're re- like when they're fully ready. Like they'll be like, well, we're insane, completely insane. There's like no need to to like wait. This is we have it here, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what the Pelicans have done. They, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs this year. It's definitely there's definitely still work in progress, but I think next year they're gonna be in the hunt, and by mm-hmm. year three, they're gonna be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm.
1: Dare I say it? Like I do think, if uh, I think Zion's ceiling is higher than Anthony Davis's ceiling was. Um Anthony Davis has reached us, uh not reached us in, but he's, he's maxing out on his potential. Like he's, he's gotten very good. He is one of the top players. Um, his, like his, his potential was superstar and he reached it. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Zion has a higher potential than what Anthony Davis did when he came into the league. Let's just see if Zion, um, fully maximizes it. Like Anthony Davis did, you know,
0: I hope so too, because I, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be high on the Pelicans. I, I think a lot of people are going to be high on the Pelicans because they're they they look like a team of the few, of the mm. the 2020s at yeah, this rate.
1: Again, like I keep saying like Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram looks really good. He he's found it. He's figured it out here in New Orleans and he can I think he can be I think Zion and Brandon Ingram can be their one two punch moving forward. That could be an insane duo once uh they both, you know, come to their own. And then you have Lonzo and if he keeps this up, he's like the perfect point guard for them.
0: I really hope that uh, in a few years' time we have a Dallas Mavericks New Orleans Pelicans playoff series because I honestly think that's going to be one of the most exciting. That would be. Just just thinking about it already, Doncic, Zion. It How exciting be. does that sound? It sounds? would be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and yeah, like I said, I expect Ingram to grow a lot more too, and then you know even and Porzingis as well, and that that would just be a crazy duo matchup
0: too. I totally agree. Um, I think we've got
1: something uh, special planned now. We do. I mean, uh, well, that was a lot of our basketball talk, a lot of basketball talk. We'll keep the rest of the episode kind of short, but we have a, uh interview with uh, Thomas Harley of the uh, Mississauga Steelheads, and he's actually a draft pick of the Dallas Stars. He went 18th overall in the draft in June.
0: He is a very interesting character, uh, and I think we're going to have a very interesting discussion mm. with him, so why don't we roll that awesome tape? Awesome guy,
1: awesome guy, just a really awesome guy.
0: All right let's let's get things started. okay
1: Today's guest is an absolute beauty. after putting up 58 points in 68 games last season as the top defenseman for the Mississauga Steelheads of the OHL, he was selected 18th overall by the Dallas stars in last June's NHL draft. after getting a taste of the bigs at just twi- at just 18 years old in the preseason, he's currently lighting it up this season in Mississauga once again. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very pleased to welcome to the podcast today, Thomas Harley. How are Hi, you, man? Guys. Hey man. Uh uh,
2: you
1: know, no complaints. Good, good. Um so um I mean, we could just jump right into it. Uh you're you're absolutely lighting it up this season. Uh how would you rate your season so far?
2: Um you know, it's been okay for me. I, I still have some work to do on both the defensive side and the outside know, of the box, but Mm-hmm. Uh, we're winning as of late so you know I'm pretty happy there
0: how, how do you think your uh, team is doing? And uh, what do you think you need to do to uh, make sure when you do make it to the, if you do make it to the playoffs? You'll go on a deep run
2: uh, You know lately we've been playing as a team really well together, you know We're, we're playing well both checking the back checking we're playing a complete game And you know if we can do that we'll have success the playoffs.
1: of course of course and uh, obviously congratulations on being selected by the Dallas Stars in the draft um, could you tell us a little bit about the draft experience?
2: Um, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a surreal experience. You know, you're there for a couple of days with your family and friends. And, um, you know, it's just kind of a blur for me, honestly. Like, I was there for, for an hour and a little bit before I made it out cold. So, you know, it was a, a nerve-wracking hour. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's fine. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. A experience.
0: Uh, how was the interviewing process? I heard uh, the Habs asked you to solve a Rubik's Cube. Sorry, how was that? Uh, the draft interview process, how was that? I heard like, that Like, uh, yeah, the interviewing. Uh,
2: I don't know,
1: I, I heard that uh, the Habs, yeah, the Habs asked you to solve a Rubik's Cube. Is that true?
2: Sorry, the Habs?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. We read that uh, they asked you to solve, like, a Rubik's Cube or, or any any weird questions like that. Is that true?
2: Yeah, we were at the combine and they asked me, uh, would you rather be the best or better than ever, or be, be at your best or better than everyone else, and that. So confused. It took me about three minutes back anyway.
1: Did you? Did you get any other weird questions like that? Like during the? Did the teams ask uh, those kind of things
2: often? No, no, that was about it. Yeah, those were kind of straightforward, so it was good.
0: <laughs> Is that the weirdest question you've ever been asked?
2: Um, no. I think my lord brothers come up with some really weird ones. But <laughs> as far as serious questions, yeah, it's the worst one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and then, of course, in, at the draft, we, we remember when, uh, you know, the Stars owner, Bob Gilardi, called you Harley Thomas. I mean, you were kind of, you, you looked kind of confused when that happened. What was that like? And do you get any chirps for that? Uh,
2: uh, no, not, not, uh, no one really chirps me about that. Uh, got a couple of jokes for the first couple of weeks after. And I had to kind of smile and laugh, but no one thinks the first person makes that joke. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> You look really good. Uh, in the, yeah, it's all right now. You yeah. look really
0: good with the Prezens in Dallas uh, as an eighteen-year-old. How much of a transition was it from the OHL to the NHL?
2: Uh, it was a really big leap. You know, I mean, it's just faster there. You know, got to make decisions quicker. You got to just be faster in general. And the players are so much faster and smarter than than what I'm used to. So it's definitely a challenge for me to adjust.
1: Of course, and uh, I guess uh, what what's Dallas like? Because uh, I heard you, you you haven't been there before, right? For kind of going there for the stars yeah how What was yeah, that it was, a, it was
2: a really cool city mm-hmm. uh we were actually outside of dallas we were in Plano for most of it but the last last couple of days i was there i was in downtown dallas and that was really cool you know it was really really neat city you know clean modern so it was fun to be in
0: during the pre like the preseason, uh, you got to play along the likes of Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben and or, or did you even just get to watch them? What was that like?
2: Uh it's pretty crazy, you know, you're playing with guys you're watching it on T V, so you're out there talking to them. You try you try not hard not to just go off the handboy on, um, you know. Uh, but they're cool guys, they're all guys, nice, so it's really talk to.
1: Of course, of course. Um And um, obviously with the World Juniors that just happened, uh, you nearly made Team Canada for the World Juniors this year. Um, I'm sure it was kind of a disappointment that uh, you didn't make it, but what did you learn from that experience, I guess? You
2: know, events like that, you got to base your best right from the start. uh, Like I said earlier in the interview, I was just okay at the the camp, and if you're going to make that team, you got to be better than okay
1: of course of course uh I mean, that's our hockey talk but uh we want to we want to get to know you like uh what do you what do you like to do off the ice too? like uh you know um you well
2: know, i'm a big netflix guy um you know I made poker nights for the guys or popping on some Fortnite or, or nhl
1: so. Fortnite. yeah i was gonna ask about video games uh usually <laughs> big big, big chel player or big uh fortnight player mainly or you play anything else uh it's
2: Pretty even,
1: 50-50, I don't play too much at all. So. Are you PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. Oh man, sure. good choice. <laughs> oh man, I'm PlayStation. I'm not- Mike, Michael's here. Michael here is Xbox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's go.
1: <laughs> what, what about music? What kind of music do you like?
2: Uh, I like everything. You know, I'm, I'm a big country guy, but part i put some rock or some rap or some, some EDM or something.
0: Of course, of course. You're mentioning Netflix. What shows are you watching or movies? Uh,
2: uh, let's see. i a big Office guy. Oh, uh, yeah, no office. office. Uh, and then Game of Thrones.
1: Nice, 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 nice choices. Of course. Uh, who are some of your favorite players? I guess growing up or, or even now. Uh,
2: growing up, I was a big uh, Daniel Briere fan. Why I picked three, actually because of him. using was in Buffalo when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I guess I'm not sure I really have a player, player anymore. I'm different when you play against them.
1: Mm-hmm. How about uh, if you could choose a player to like compare yourself to? I guess um, I guess similarly, um, who would you say? Uh, I
2: think all last year I used uh, Shabbat as my player comparison. Mm-hmm. And we both have that offensive style, a little bit of risk take on the defensive side, so it would be similar.
1: Of course, of course not. Um I heard I heard you uh this, you wanted to be a goalie at first, but your your dad who was also a goalie, um, didn't want you to play goalie. Is that true? Uh
2: yeah. Yeah, he knew uh what it's like to be a goalie and how many how few of them actually make it to the NHL, so uh, you know, he wanted me to I think we we were short on D anyway, so he just put me back there and I
1: kind of if, if you If you could go back Would you Still want to try your hand At being a goalie Uh Yeah But
2: at the same time I'm pretty happy with How things have the defense Would stand
1: out Yeah I mean hey Like defense was like I guess your Your last Choice at first But now Look how it turned out It turned out great right
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah Uh Just quickly looking ahead To next year Obviously You learned a lot From your time with Dallas Uh This, this past Of September Uh what do you want to do to make sure that uh, uh, when September of 2020 rolls around, you've uh, have all the tools needed to uh, crack the roster?
2: Um, you know, just getting bigger and stronger in, in the in the off season is huge. Uh, seeing, how, seeing how fast and strong those guys in the NHL are, it's, it's a big motivator for me. You know, it's just straight really buckling down on my defensive zone. It's uh, it's, it's what's going to get me there hopefully.
0: And have you been keeping track of the Dallas Stars?
2: Uh yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Uh they had a tough start and they've been hot ever since. Of course, of What course.
0: what do you notice about the way that their defense and men are playing that you want to try and implement into your game?
2: Um you know, just how quickly they, they take away time and space. They're always they're always angling the right uh at the players, you know, they're taking away all the options, closing them off and you know, all the other way way to park.
1: That's awesome, of course. Um, I mean, those are mostly all our questions. I mean, my last question is going to be: I mean, uh, you uh, obviously you won the Bobby Smith Trophy for Scholastic Player of the Year. I mean, congrats on that. Uh, what 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 would you say is like your favorite subject in school? I mean, uh, any any funny things uh, about school? Any anything of that nature?
2: Um, I don't know. I I never loved school. I was <laughs> Always good at it, but I never loved it. Um, I guess math. Math. It, it yes, just maths. makes me yeah, yeah I mean. like it, it's logical and, so
1: man maybe you could help out I, I think uh i don't know if you heard but once uh Connor mcdavid once tweeted out that he needed math homework help <laughs> when he was in the ohl <laughs> 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 but uh yeah those are all our questions i mean thanks thanks for uh thanks for coming on here
0: yeah thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us really appreciate it really appreciate it man
1: yeah, no problem, guys. And uh, good luck this season. And uh, I can't wait to see you uh, tear it up in the NHL. Yep. Thanks,
2: guys. See you. Thank you. Thank
1: see you,
0: ya, man. Well,
1: that was quite the discussion. What did you think? That was a great discussion. I mean, that was he's Thomas Harley is just a great guy, stand-up guy, certified beauty. You know, <laughs> um, as as Jesse would put it, as Jesse Pollock would put it, of course. Um, but uh, no, for sure, like he uh he's just a great guy and uh i really i really liked his insight you know on uh on himself as a player and uh you know uh what he wants to do moving forward
0: yeah i i totally agree i think he's got some unique perspectives on uh what he wants to do as a player like how how he what he learned from his time with the stars and obviously the world juniors was definitely a tough one i think he definitely would have been a great fit on that team but I think he even he knows he still has a lot of work to do, and I think it's really says a lot about a player when they're very honest about themselves and very open about it. Like that just tells that just tells you like this is a hard worker, and he's gonna be very focused on trying to uh, get to the level he wants to be. I'm really excited to see what he can do next mm-hmm. year. And I didn't ask him about this, but obviously uh, when we were talking about his draft, <laughs> when. Uh...
1: They they called his name backwards. Uh, I think he he left. Uh, if you looked at the video, he left uh, Jim Nill kind of hanging there. Uh, I think Jim Nil <laughs> wanted the handshake, and uh, Thomas was too busy with the jersey that he just got putting it on. It was kind of awkward when he when you look back. When you look back, obviously you didn't see it, but it was just funny.
0: Yeah, he's a funny character. A That's funny for guy. sure. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to just quickly talk about the Leafs before we uh, get going. Before here. Wrap up. Yeah, um, they're playing tonight. Obviously, when you when you hear this episode, the least have will have played the Dallas Stars. We don't know how that game is gonna go, but a lot has been said about what this team can do and about who they should be going after at the t- trade deadline. I think the ultimate question is uh, not who they should be trading for. I mean, we obviously have our opinions. You know who I want. I know who who you want. What does this team need to do to make sure they get to the playoffs?
1: I think the Leafs are. I don't want you know. I don't want even jinx it at all. I think. Based on what we saw in Nashville I think they've kind of picked things back up again I think Anderson Is solid again, let's hope Fingers crossed, you know That he's back in his form um, He looked good at the all-star game He looked really good with that 7-7 uh, seven, seven save streak That little shootout save mm-hmm. Game that they play um, But Honestly, they just need to Really, hopefully Not be bit by the injury bug I think that's the biggest thing um and I just think uh the Leafs need to keep their offense going. I don't I don't really have much to say because you know it's it's a tough position defensively on the blue line. The Leafs have a lot of pieces missing right now. Mm-hmm. So I can't just say you know they they just need those guys back. That's not a, that's not what they need to keep doing. Yeah. Um but just consistency. I need we need consistency from the back from the back end out. So we need. It starts with the goalie. Anderson needs to be solid again. Because yeah. when he plays at his best, that's the team's at his best, at their best. Um. And the offense needs to stay rolling. Austin Matthews needs to stay hot. You know, um. I'd like to see more from a little more from John Tavares. Uh, you know, Nylander has been playing amazingly. Of course. I can't believe people thought six million. It's his six to seven million dollar contract was a, a bad contract because now it's looking like a steal. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to see a lot more from the bottom six. I totally um, agree. I think our, our bottom six. I think the Leafs bottom six can. Uh, I think they're doing great, but I think uh, they're capable of a lot more. Actually, I think. Uh, I think we. I've spoke about this before, but the Leafs bottom six is so good that it's like interchangeable. You could slot some of them in that,
0: in that top six, it too, mm-hmm. and it just works. I totally agree with you on a lot of the points, but uh, just about the injuries. Uh, the injuries have been have sucked. Mm. There's no question about it. Like, and it's, that's
1: what I mean. Like, I just hope they don't get hit by the injury bug
0: more. Like, of bit by, the, by even more. I, I, but just to my point, uh, injuries are gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're gonna lose a player. Maybe it's a a French player. Maybe it's a, one of your key guys. But you can't just let those uh, injuries. Like, oh no, we lost this guy. Our season is screwed. Mm-hmm. You have to play the team that's in front of you to the best of your abilities, regardless of who's on the roster. Whether that be a division rival that you're in a playoff race with, a bottom seater, or like a Western Conference opponent, you have to play your best each and every single night. Of course. And I think that what we saw before the All-Star break is when you get a little a days ago and you're not solely focused on the task at hand, the other team is going to jump all over you. Like, look what happened in Florida. That game, the Leafs just had come off a few days rest, and they were relaxing on the beach in Miami. I don't think... They were fully prepared mentally for the game. I mean, physically, they're obviously going to be ready for every single night. But mentally, they're just they not fully checked into the game. And Florida, credit to them, they jumped all over it. The same thing happened against Chicago. I think a lot of the players were just so focused on, oh, we got a trip going on in the, in, down in Florida. We're going to go golfing. We're going to do this and that. I can't wait for the break to start. Chicago, their break was not going to start for another few days. They were ready for that game because they had just another game on the schedule. Mm-hmm. If you, all the Leafs can really do, each like no matter what happens, injuries, like player streaks, whatever, you have to be prepared for each and every single night because now there's only about 40% of the season left. If, if you're not prepared to play each and every single night, you will lose. 100%. That is, that's just the nature of the percent. You can't rely on your offense to take you all the way. If you don't come ready to play, you're just going to lo- lo- miss out on the wild card sweat. And they may not even make it into the the, the division spot. I don't know where they're going to end up. Like, obviously, they, they, they it would be nice for Columbus, Philadelphia, Carolina, the likes of those guys to uh, start losing games. But you can't rely on them. At this point, all you can do is just focus on what you've got. Just play to the best of your ability each and every night. And this team is skilled enough that they're going to win more often than, than not.
1: 100% with everything he said. Um, even going back to the injuries. Um, like you said, injuries will happen. Um, and that's what I think. Going back to the trade deadline, the Leafs, I think they need to, if anything, make trades to, you know, strengthen their depth. Right now, the blue lines, uh, uh the blue lines obviously taking a hit, and we don't know what the future holds. Are they gonna get more injuries? You know, mm-hmm. but the, the the most that the Leafs can do right now is try and, you know, secure themselves in the event of an injury, or more injuries, or you know, the current injuries, and uh, maybe. Try to pick up a, a depth. I think a lot. I think we all would like them to pick up a depth piece on the blue line.
0: I think they will pick for up... for sure someone. a
1: backup goalie because that that position. If, I mean, if 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 a solid backup goalie is, is there, if the Leafs pick up a, a solid backup goalie, I mean, knock on wood. Anything ever happens to Anderson, um, like then you you still have a, a capable goalie in net. That you can feel confident with, because again, it starts from the back out, and then um, yeah, just pick up a piece or two in uh, for the forward core. But honestly, I like our forward core. Like yeah, I know you like Blake Coleman. That would be that would be insanely good if they got would. if they got him. By. Um that's yeah, like just beef up on depth.
0: I'd say the focus should be first on trying to get a defenseman for sure, and then moving one of your forward pieces to get said defenseman. And if you don't feel comfortable like when after said trade that you need to get somebody else to fill the void that's left by said forward then you make a trade for for a bottom six forward and Mm -hmm. that's why i said move catsbury kapanen get back your defenseman that you want you're so so desperately want and then trade off your remaining useful assets to get a guy like blake coleman Mm -hmm. and i'm not and i'm not gonna say blake coleman's name all the time he's just one guy that i really like but there's tons of players that are like him, in it's a similar position. Chris Pryder is do- an all-star. Of course, <laughs> Chris Pryder is an N- NHL all-star. You could do Josh Anderson. He's a playoff uh, freak. We saw what happened last year. There's just so many options you can go with that route. But like I said, if you're going to trade away Kasperi captain you have to be prepared to want to make another move because I honestly don't think there's any players on the Molly's roster or currently on the Leafs roster that can fill the void left by Casper Kaepernick. They, they brought up, I mean, the Leafs have been hit,
1: bit by the injury bug, so they've pretty much brought up anyone they could bring up mm-hmm. so far, you know? Um, who's Tyler, capable of filling a hole.
0: Exactly. I even, Tyler Gaudet's there, and he's not a bad player in his mm-hmm. own right. But, but, you but you he's no Casper Capitan.
1: Yeah, they're starting to dig at the bottom of the barrel for in terms of depth right now. Um, and then before
0: we end up off the episode, I,
1: I want to talk about Jason Spezza. Yeah. And he's been playing great.
0: I've been he's been in a absolutely uh, killer contract and can't believe he uh, got scratched on the opening night. <laughs> I think a lot of people when, when
1: Patrick Marlowe was traded away, I think most people were worried that, you know, veteran presence is gone and also, you know, depth and all that. But Jason Spezza I'd say is playing like the better veteran right now. He's filling that gap. And uh, is capitalizing on so much, um, you know, now he's getting so many, like, actually, he's getting opportunities to play. And uh, I can't believe Mike Babcock <laughs> didn't want to play him.
0: Yeah, and that's something we'll never live down. And uh, Mike Babcock just a whole new story in and of itself. But just to just talk leave about that, Spezza. Leave that story in the past. Anymore. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Spezza, Babcock's in the past. Mm-hmm. But for Spezza, I think Spezza just found a new leash on life in Toronto. I mean, he was still a decent player in Dallas, but I think it was pretty clear by the end of last year, like that had already been clear for maybe a couple years, that he was not worth seven million dollars. Like he is definitely not a seven million dollar player at this point, but he's also not worth seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I would. He took a huge pay Mm -hmm. cut just to come here, and I think that says a lot about him as a person and as a as a hockey player. He's selfless and he wants to do what's best for the team. But just this season alone. He's fit in perfectly well. Like, he's exactly the kind of player the Leafs need. A 4th game player that will play a few minutes, will play time on the power play, maybe will kill penalties if you absolutely need to, but he's just more like that face-off specialist that hey, he's it's just exactly he's been, what the Leafs wanted Marlowe to be, but actually been, be productive. He's been eight. great.
1: He's been great. And uh, let's hope, I mean, tonight he's definitely going to get a lot of respect going back to
0: Dallas. Um, but let's hope uh <laughs> let's hope he lights them up. I hope he just gets at least a point I yeah. doesn't have, I'm not hoping for like a huge game because <laughs> like Jason Spetz is in his m- mid 30s like I mean you never know hey Col- that's- look Kobe in his last game that is true he's, just, he's gonna score uh, 24 points tonight <laughs>
1: <laughs> for Kobe yeah for um, for Kobe but uh yeah I mean do you want to end it there?
0: I think that that's uh, that's all we've got time we've got today uh mm-hmm. thank you guys for listening. I know the first part of the episode was a little bit somber it's been a
1: tough it's been a tough week for uh the sports world and uh yeah I mean it, as long as we keep talking about Kobe and sharing stories you know it'll, it'll make it a little easier.
0: I think Kobe would have wanted to just enjoy life and just celebrate the the good moments and I think that uh, if you want to uh just try and uh you're not gonna fully get over it. No one's gonna get over over his death. But if you want to uh, get a little bit more happiness during a, a, a dark time, just watch his highlights. Watch watch, him, watch him his funny him moments. Watch slap the
1: the Toronto Raptors. Silly.
0: Eighty one eighty one <laughs> points. Watch his uh, his first few games in the in the NBA. Watch those SB Nation videos where they're talking about his story. Or just yeah. watch about some funny like interesting stories about his legacy. Because I think it just says a lot that he was. Uh, of how much of an impact, we like we said at the beginning of the episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was our episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter.
0: Um, mine is at Matt
1: underscore Rodrigo underscore.
0: And mine is at the Leafs IMO. That's at the Leafs IMO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just had to repeat that just to make sure you didn't <laughs> I you were forget. you going to spell it out or something. I don't know why I was I, I was <laughs> thinking about it, I was like, hmm, how do how do I continue this? Um, but yeah. So, uh thank you for listening
1: uh and we'll catch you uh next week. All right. Take care, guys. Welcome
2: to Tippett. Bryant with the save. Oh, you to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! Or fishing, nice rotation of Brian. Buckle up for Colby Brian. just sucked the gravity out of the target center. What a play! What can
0: I say? Mamba out. <laughs>